This is What Book Hooked You. I'm Brock Shelley, and thanks for listening. On this episode, I talk to Alyssa Weiss, whose debut novel, The Waking Forest, comes out on March the 12th. In this episode, we get to hear what books have really been an influence to Alyssa over the years, and what went into her debut. So listen in. So Alyssa, what book hooked you? So the book that hooked me is A Great and Terrible Beauty by Libba Bray. It's set in Victorian England, and it's about these four girls who go to this kind of creepy finishing school. And then the one of the girls, Gemma, the narrator, she discovers that she has this power to transport the other girls and herself to this magical world called the realms. And what really captivated me about it was the juxtaposition of their real lives versus this magical world that they can go to. Because in their real lives, you know, they live in this restrictive society where they're expected to marry maybe somebody they don't really like and run a household and have children and none of them really want that. And then in the magical world, they can just be who they are with no one watching them. And even when the darkness kind of creeps into their magical world, um, everything is not quite as idyllic as it seems. Um, they still just find this freedom um, to make their own choices and to make their own mistakes. And I think it's just so, so beautifully done. I always have really been drawn to fantasy that kind of bleeds into our world mm-hmm. um, or, you know, the other way around. And their their lives are so separated between these two worlds. So another thing I really love about the book is um, Libra Bray's beautiful writing because I've always been drawn to really lyrical language in books. Mm-hmm. And especially for me as a writer, I like half the fun of writing for me is you know, it's, of course, telling the story, you know, the plot and the characters and the world building. But I also love just playing with language and playing around with words and experimenting, looking at how they sound and the rhythm. Because um, growing up, I was always such a big word nerd. <laughs> um, and I love to just like play and experiment with with language. And so with A Great and Terrible Beauty, uh, do you remember like when you first uh, read this book, came upon this book, uh, you know, where you were kind of in your life? Yeah, um, I do. I remember, okay, I was about 18, maybe almost 19. It was my first year in college. And Gemma, the main character, starts finishing school she was a little younger, like maybe 16, I think she is in the book. Um, but I had just gone away from home for the first time. And so I think I, I really connected to her because she was also away from home. Um, so I could really relate to that feeling, even though, you know, she's in Victorian England and I'm in 2008. <laughs> um, but it and it was such an, an escape for me because I had kind of a a hard time adjusting. So reading that book was, yeah, it was just a really good escape for me when I was feeling stressed. <laughs> sure. 
And you kind of made a brief reference to, you know, you were really in the words uh, growing up. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like you were a big reader, uh, maybe even a big writer as a child or as a young adult. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I loved reading. I would read everything. And I also loved writing pretty much as soon as I learned how to write. I was always writing stories. Um, I was a 90s kid. Mm -hmm. So I had a ton of Beanie Babies. (laughs) And I would write stories about my Beanie Babies. Um, I don't know. Those were a big inspiration (laughs) for me, I guess, when I was little. Um, And then I actually, I finished my first novel in high school which was really cool. And I still have it saved on my computer. It's not great, but I like to read it because it it reminds me of how far I've come since then. And in high school, what do you remember what maybe some of the books were that you were really into some of your favorite reads uh, when you're around those ages? Yeah, I really loved um, Meg Cabot, The Princess Mm -hmm. Diaries. I devoured that whole series. There's like 10 books plus novellas and I've read them all. And I really loved everything that she, she writes. Um, I think the hunger games came out when I was in high school and so did twilight. (laughs) So that was, that was a big one because everyone was reading twilight and all my friends, you know, not, I feel like me and my friends, we all had different tastes in books. But we all read Twilight, and we all love to talk about it. So it really brought us together in a way. And we actually wrote some fan fiction (laughs) of Twilight. So that was really fun. And so uh, you were doing some writing, uh, you mentioned. But at what point did you start taking your writing seriously, being committed Mm -hmm. to it, uh, where you wanted to see it published? Um, you know, I think in college, I was an English major, and I concentrated in creative writing. And I actually went to grad school, I got my MFA in fiction writing. So as soon as I kind of decided, you know, I think I'm going to get my MFA, that's when I really committed to, this is what I'm going to do. And so with that, what kind of writer did you first imagine yourself to be as far as uh, genre, category, uh, those types of things? So I've always, I've always really loved YA. um, Because when I was a teen, you know, I pretty much only read YA unless it was a book we had to read for school. And it always just felt really special to me to be able to read characters that were my own age and were dealing with problems. That I was dealing with, and I always felt like I wanted to grow up in the right way to kind of be part of that conversation in a different way as a writer instead of just as a reader. And I've also always been drawn to fantasy, mostly, or magical realism as well. Um, so I knew I wanted to do YA fantasy pretty much since I was in high school. I was like, this is what I want to do. Was it... Uh, did you get any kind of blowback or cold shoulder with being in a creative writing program, an MFA program? I have it in my mind that they would be uh, more 
have more of a literary bent and then you coming in saying you you more want to you know focus on uh, YA was that kind of there was a few turned up noses is that or was it more accepting than what I'm imagining well okay that's interesting because in in my undergrad program when I was in my creative writing classes I did feel like um not that I was so much looked down on, but it really just wasn't allowed. Like we weren't allowed to write really anything but literary, realistic fiction. It was very restricting, um, which was fine. And I, I think I did okay, but it's just not really what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So when I went to pick an MFA program, I actually went to Columbia College, Chicago, and they're very much an art school, and I love their, they have a different approach. So we were encouraged to write whatever we wanted in that program, and no one, no one ever looked down on me for wanting to do YA, and actually they offered um, YA classes, and you could do fantasy, you could do science fiction, whatever. like they encouraged you to experiment with anything that you wanted to do, which I really appreciated, so I think I probably wouldn't have stuck with it if I had been in a more literary program. Um, But luckily I ended up, I think, right really where I needed to be. And what do you think was maybe the biggest lesson, uh, whether it be as undergrad, undergrad or in your MFA, what is the biggest kind of takeaway as a writer you kind of took away from that experience? This, This sounds really simple. I probably didn't need to go to school to learn this, but um, one of my professors told me, I was kind of struggling at one point, and one of my professors told me, you just have to trust your voice. Like, your voice is unique. You just have to trust it. And I think I really learned how to tap into my own strengths Mm -hmm. and to play to them. And, and just that I don't, I, you know, I can experiment with things, you know, I like to play with language and that's fine. And, you know, maybe, I mean, I always have like really messy first drafts. It takes me a while to find my way, but that's okay. As long as I trust my own vision and I'm not trying to be like anyone else or trying to, you know, I mean, I guess in school I was trying to do the assignment the way I thought you know, the professor wanted it to be, but um, they were very open about just letting me kind of be me, which I think let me grow the way I needed to. And during this experience, uh, were there books that you were reading during that time? You mentioned uh, Great and Terrible Beauty that came during undergrad, uh, Mm -hmm. but other books maybe like that uh, that you just remember having a really big influence on you or really uh, books that you enjoyed or kind of uh, were working towards writing uh, that a book that you would write could sit beside that book? Yeah, well, one book I read in grad school, which is like my favorite book ever now, is Deathless by Catherine M. Valenti. It's Russian mythology kind of retold and it's just I had never read writing like that she's her writing is kind of what I aspire to it's just so poetic 
and so imaginative. And I think that really, like, reading it, was like, it's just such an experience. And I every time I reread it, I notice more about it, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Sure. It's unlike anything else I've really read, which I guess is what I'm always kind of striving for is to, you know, especially with, because I love fairy tales. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love taking familiar tropes and kind of remixing them and making them new. Because I love retellings mm-hmm. um, for sure, but I love when you can take old stories and just completely kind of tear them apart, put them back together in a new way. And I think Deathless really does that, um, but with Russian fairy tales. Mm. Um, And I also read a book, this one I actually had to read for class, um, called The Baron in the Trees by Italo Calvino. And that book is so, I don't think I'll ever write something like it, but it was so kooky in such a wonderful way about this young baron who, when he's a kid, he just decides to climb a tree and never come down. And he lives his entire life up in the treetops. And I just, I again, it was kind of like, wow, I've never read anything like this. It was so interesting. And I, I love that. Um, I feel like grad school really got me to read things that I maybe wouldn't have reached for. And so I try to do that even now, like, push myself to read outside um, what's, you know, what I normally go for. And so after your undergrad, your MFA, uh, you're out in the real world, we'll, we'll say. Uh, so did your writing journey, what did that path end up looking like uh, as far as uh, from when you graduated to now we're sitting here talking and we're about to talk about your debut uh, so what was that path in the publishing like for you? Yeah, so I guess it's 2019, right? So I graduated grad school four years ago. Um, so, And I actually started writing um, The Waking Forest right before I graduated. It wasn't my thesis. I had another book that was my thesis that never, I never did get it published which is fine. I feel like looking back, that one kind of needed to be set aside. So I, I got my agent while I was still in grad school. And then um, then I started writing The Waking Forest. And that took probably a little over a year to write and then to edit. And then it was on submission for a while. And then I got the publishing contracts a year and a half ago. So since I've graduated, I've pretty much only been working on The Waking Forest, although I have written another novel um, after The Waking Forest while it was on submission. Um, So I guess I've written two since then. And so why don't we start talking about The Waking Forest, uh, which comes out on March 12th, and what is this book about? So it's about um, a girl named Rhea, and she has these terrible nightmares and visions of a forest that appears in her backyard that isn't there, and nobody else can see it. And her family is very loving and supportive, but they're like, 
we don't believe you that you're seeing this. Um, so she's kind of dealing with that and the mystery of where this forest is coming from. And meanwhile, um, there's a another storyline parallel to Rhea's story about a witch who lives in the forest that Rhea sees. Um, and she gives out wishes to children who come to visit her in their dreams. And she's kind of contentedly granting wishes until one day this mysterious stranger arrives and he seems to know something about her and her past that she's not quite ready to face. These two storylines kind of collide eventually. And so what was it that got you started writing this book? What was that initial idea for it? Um, I think it came from a lot of things. Um, it's very much... Um, a fairy tale and I've always loved fairy tales and I'm a huge Disney fan um, so I think just kind of wanting to take all these stories that I grew up with and make something new it's not a retelling of anything um, but it does have elements of I would say like Rumpelstiltskin Sleeping Beauty um, one of my favorite Greek myths is Cupid and Psyche, and I feel like there's a little bit of that in there, too. So I kind of just, the idea just kind of came from wanting to write about everything that I love, mystery and magic and witches and dreams and nightmares, and I just kind of threw it all together, and this is what came out. <laughs> and... Through the writing uh, of this book, is it something that when you're writing, uh, you try to stay away from maybe fantasy or fairy tale books, or are you able to kind of separate it? Are you ever worried that you'll be influenced too much by what you read, or do you want to be influenced or see how other writers have taken a similar topic? As far as when it comes to your reading life, does what you're working on as far as your writing influence what you might choose? Yeah, I definitely like to lean into what I'm working on. So I do like to read things that are similar, but maybe not too similar because I don't want to be too influenced. But for example, I while I was writing The Waking Forest, I read um, the fairy tales from the Brothers Grimm mm -hmm. by Philip Pullman. He put them all together, um, and I think that was really inspiring because there were, I mean, there's, like, familiar tales that, you know, Western fairy tales that we're all kind of familiar with, like Little Red Riding Hood and Rapunzel, but then there are some other, like, really weird, kind of creepy ones, like The Robber Bridegroom and The Juniper Tree and The Singing Bone, and I hadn't really heard some of these before so those kind of really got my imagination going um in a different way so it did help to to read fairy tales and to study them and what i really loved about his book was that at the end of each one he gives a little bit of background he talks about the tale type and other tales that are like it and it was really fascinating and i think that definitely um helped me write this book and inspired me that's great well, 
We'll wind down here and I'll ask you a few questions as we close. The first one being, what is your favorite movie that's based on a book? My favorite movie based on a book is Pride and Prejudice okay. um, with Kira Knightley. It came out in 2005, I believe, when I was 15, which was right around the time we were reading Pride and Prejudice in school. So it was cool to read it and then watch the movie. Um, I was really obsessed with period dramas when I was a teen. I still kind of am. So um, that movie is just, I love to watch it now, and it's just very, very comforting movie. That's great. Uh, Next question then is, is there a book or a series that you're willing to admit you've either never read or never finished? Yes. Okay. Um, I've never read Lord of the Rings. Okay. I try. Well, I, okay. I did read the Hobbit and I really kind of hated it. <laughs> and then I tried to read, I think it's the fellowship of the ring is the first, in the trilogy I got like three pages in and I was like nope <laughs> I don't I don't know why because it's you know I love fantasy but I've never been able to get into Lord of the Rings even the movies I'm not really I think I've seen each one one time mm-hmm. but yeah I don't know I don't know why <laughs> just doesn't grab me and then finally what is the last uh, great book that you've read so recently I read um the Winter of the Witch by Catherine Arden. Um, it's the last in the Winter Night trilogy. I actually got to meet her and get my book signed, which was really cool. It was really cool to hear her talk about the series. It was such a good, I think it was maybe the best third book in a trilogy that I've ever read. It just ended so beautifully. I really recommend that series. That's great. Well, The Waking Forest comes out on March the 12th. Uh, congratulations on that, and I wish you and this book all the best. Thank you, and thank you for having me. And that does it for this episode of What Book Hooked You. I want to thank Alyssa Weiss for joining me. Again, her debut is The Waking Forest, and that is coming out on March the 12th. So I hope you'll check it out, and I hope you'll check out some of the other episodes I have where I talk to some wonderful YA authors. I'm Brock Shelley, and until next time, keep reading.